0: That's cool. You guys ready for the word tonight? Yes. Genesis 8. I'm going to kick it old school, Old Testament tonight. And if you saw my table up here, I have an illustrated sermon. Who enjoys illustrated sermons? I do. Yes. I, I, hopefully it's something tonight that will mm-hmm. stick into your heart mm-hmm. and stick into your mind of how God um, does things in our lives On Monday night, and I encourage you to come to Monday night prayer meeting. We will not have Monday night prayer meeting next Monday. We'll pick it up the following week. But on Monday night, I was up here just kind of laying before the Lord, enjoying His presence and praying. And the Lord began to just kind of show me a little bit of a picture of the harvest. And this time of year, if you grew up in a farming community like I did, you you this time of year is harvest time. The the fields, all the tractors and plows and everything go out into the fields and they begin to harvest what had been growing over the previous several months. And, of course, uh, next week we'll celebrate God's blessings upon us and upon our country and uh, thanking for the bountiful blessings that he gives us. But that was all wrapped around harvest season. And the Lord began to show me um, that we're in a harvest season. But how many understand that you can't have a harvest if you don't plant a seed? Here's my point tonight. I'll get it out of the way right here from the beginning because I want something to stick with you that you carry out of here that I promise you, if you will grab a hold of it, it has the potential to completely change your spiritual life. Everything you need is in a seed. Everything that you need is in a seed. Everybody say that with me. Everything I need is in a seed. We don't put enough focus in the kingdom of God's kingdom principle of the law of sowing and reaping. And now this time of year is a time of year when we do really focus on harvest and reaping, and all those kind of things. Now, how many, um, how many in, in middle school or elementary school, rather, did you guys come in one day and the teacher brought in a little cup, right? Maybe it was a plastic cup mine was a plastic cup union elementary school there in little old Chillicothe at Ohio and they were br- brought in a cup and what did they do you planted a little seed in it right and you began to you began to water it you began to be expectant when you'd get up and go to school the next day that period of time I remember being excited my mom you know I didn't want to get up and go to school when I was in school I just but when they planted the seed, I wanted to go and see if something was sprouting and something was, was coming up out of there. And so we planted the little seed. And what I learned in a natural way that relates to the spiritual uh, principle that I want to talk about tonight is things take time. Good things from God take time. You can even relate back to the testimony Ann just gave. And simply say, well, why did I end up spending four days in the hospital? God gave me my healing when she began to believe that God was her healer. When she began to stand upon the word, when she began to fight back against the lies of the enemy that were coming against her. And she still spent four days in the hospital. Can I tell you, Miss Ann, that was not wasted time. Because God put you in contact with people that needed to hear what God was going to say about something. And I promise you, it was not wasted. But... There's a process and a spiritual principle that God has built into life that I want to talk about tonight that I just want to, again, reiterate this. Everything you need is in a seed. It's in seed form. But oftentimes we get impatient with what God is growing in our lives and we subvert or we kind of miss his process that he has. Amen? Amen. Genesis 8, look down here at verse 22 tonight. Genesis 8, 22. This principle is found here, and you can find it all throughout the Word of God. But verse 22 says, As long as the earth endures. I want to tell you tonight, the earth may look bleak and kind of dark sometimes, but it will endure according to the Word. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Seed, time and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And this little seed that I stopped at Walmart today, I do all kinds of things just for you people. You want to say that? She said she went to Walmart and God said she was going to kill her with a heart attack. I go to Walmart and I get scared too. I do. I just plum get scared. Got scared in there today. I'm walking around looking for seeds. Does anybody feed birds just as a hobby? Somebody take this with you afterwards because (laughs) I don't feed birds. I chase them out of my yard. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't do that. But look, this is a little seed I picked up today at Walmart. And what has to happen, as we know, you have your soil. You have the medium that it's going to grow in. And you have the seed. And I want to say again, everything that you have need of, I promise you, you already possess tonight. You already have it. God does not leave us empty. God does not leave us without. So God, what he does is almost always in a seed form. And you possess it in your hand. But until you take it and put it down inside the soil, right? and begin to cover it up and begin to, what do we do? We begin to water it, right? You take water. You begin to pour a little bit of water on it. I relate this to prayer. I relate this to staying in the presence of God, of of being somebody who continually continues to believe that the seed that God gave you is going to bear fruit in time. I also want to say this as a side note. But the power of what is about to happen once it starts to grow is already present inside of the seed. I want to say this as a side note, just something that was on my heart and my mind, because oftentimes, what does God relate as a seed? He relates it later on in a parable. He said, the word of God is the seed, and it goes forth and is sown in somebody's life, and it begins to grow, and it begins to hopefully mature and bear fruit. The Bible says 30, 60, 100-fold. And a lot of times, somebody will come, either it be a friend or a family member or a loved one or a pastor. And they sow a seed into your life, and they sow that in there. And somewhere down the road, that friend that was, you, know, you looked up to as a Christian or a pastor that you looked up to at one time, they may disappoint you. Has anybody ever been disappointed by another person? Listen, me as your pastor now for four and a half years, at some point, I have probably disappointed you in some way. But a lot of people negate the seed that has been sown. But I want to just tell you something tonight. Get this. The power is not in the sower. The power is in the seed. Amen. So that's why we can take the seed and we can believe God that it's going to bear fruit. But here's what we do. we Seed, time, harvest. Seed, planted, watered, begins to grow and what the element in the middle of that is time everybody say patience. patience we plant the seed and we as microwave christians there is no microwave jesus by the way <laughs> come on somebody we plant the seed and tomorrow we want this are you following me god i pray i came to church two sundays in a row God, I came to prayer meeting one night, and God, I said, this is what I want, and my spouse hadn't showed up yet. Yeah. Come on. Do we not do this all the time? We say, God, I don't understand. This seed thing doesn't work. This, 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 this seed thing must not work for me because I planted this just yesterday, and nothing has happened yet. You see, when you plant something, what is the most important element of planting It is releasing it. The most important element of planting something in the medium God desires you to plant it, and everything you need is already in the seed. We live in a day when we want things immediately, don't we? We want to see it right now. And here's another thing these are tiny seeds, by the way. I meant to get bigger ones, but I think that's probably the Holy Spirit that led me to this particular seed because it's so small, it's so little. And oftentimes we think the power of our seed is in the size of the seed, don't we? In other words, we oftentimes say, well, if I don't have a big bank account, then I guess there's really nothing I can sow. Do you understand that if you live with that mentality perpetually, you'll be always perpetually in a place of lack? Because Jesus never equated the size of the seed to the power of the seed. As a matter of fact, he used a mustard seed as, as an example of faith. You see, we always think the size of our faith is what is the most important element. Can I tell you, it's not the size of your faith. It's not the size of your offering. It's not the size of the encouragement you sow in somebody's life. It's not the size of the seed that is in the power. The power is in what happens to it once you release it. Amen? Seed, time, and then we get a harvest. And the seed is so little, and we think the seed size is insignificant. But I want to point out tonight, everything you need is in a seed. But many of us want this, and we want this, and God gives us this. Has God ever give you this when you really want that? Of course He has. That's how He works. Listen, you prayed for a chair, and God gives you a tree. I'll say it over here. You prayed for a chair... And God gives you a tree. Because, see, here's my point. God has already given to you what it is you need to get out of life. But it comes in the form of sowing it into somebody else's. You may have come in here tonight and you said, man, I just need encouragement. I just really need somebody to encourage me. Can I give you you a principle in God's word? You become the encourager. And listen to me, the encouragement will come back to you. I guarantee it. You you may say, I'm in a place, Pastor, I need healing. Can I Can I challenge you tonight that everything you need is in a seed? And the fact that you need the healing may be God prompting you and putting seed in front of you that you sow prayer into somebody else's life. And trust me, what you sow, according to the Bible, is what is going to come back to you and we're begging for a harvest, God, give me a harvest. God, in my finances, I need a harvest. God, in my joy, I need a harvest. In my encouragement, I need a harvest. In whatever area it is, we're begging for the harvest, and God shows up with the seed. But don't discount the power of small beginnings. Don't discount the power of the seed that is sown in good soil. In the parable of the soil... The seed really wasn't the element there that Jesus talked about. Jesus talked about the condition of the soil that it went into. You can't control the seed that God puts in your hand, so to speak, in order to sow. But I can tell you what you can control. You can control the soil of your heart. That is something that each and every one of us can allow God to say, God, you know, take up any stony ground. God, help me weed out the garden in my heart and in my life. And I promise you, if you ask the Holy Spirit to do that, He will do it. Amen? Amen. But what, what happens, God, I have the seed. I planted the seed. But here's the thing we miss. It takes time. Everybody say time. time. We don't like to wait, do we? We don't like that waiting period. And I'm a firm, firm believer in this. If, again, if you need encouragement, the best thing you can do It's so encouraging. I heard a preacher one time, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I remember a preacher one time, he was just very discouraged. He was doing a lot of work at his desk, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, get up and go to the hospital. He said, okay, he pushed back, went to the hospital, and he went around. They allowed him, they knew him. He went around from room to room praying for people. And when he left, he was much more encouraged and filled with joy than he was a few hours before because we miss the principle of taking what we do have and sowing it into somebody else's life. Taking, and It may seem little. It may, it may seem insignificant. but can I tell you, there is no insignificant thing with God, nothing. God gives us a seed, but here's another thing we do. God gives us a seed. This is a mistake we make too. He presents a seed and we hold on to it. God, I only have a little. God, I don't necessarily have a lot. I think I'm just going to, you know, I need to take care of my future generations. Now, let me ask you this. If I hold this in my hand, even, and Carla's kind of looking at me funny, so I'm not going to pour water into my hand. (laughs) because I'm spilling seeds up here. We may may have flowers growing up here down the road. But say I poured water into my hand. Guys, is anything going to grow? No. It's not, because why? It has to be released. It has to be released. And so often, church, we're trying to hang on when God's telling us to let go. We're trying to hang on to something when God's saying, what I've put in your hand is to give. I could dump a whole pack of those in my hand and water them and walk around with them clutched in my hand every single day and there's still not going to be anything grow from it. It never, your seed never produces a harvest until it leaves your hand. Your seed will never produce a harvest until it leaves your hand. Now, let me ask you this. Why is it that oftentimes we cling so tightly to the seed God does give us. Let me, let, me, let me say this. The reason I have held on to something tightly that I knew God gave me to give away is because I didn't trust God to fill it back up. I didn't trust God that God could exceedingly and abundantly do above I could what I could ask or think. And I'll tell you this, what I've learned is you could have 10 packs of seeds. And if you're not willing even to sow one of them, God's not going to give you 20 packs of seeds. I've learned that. What's the principle? If you can be faithful in the little, God will trust you with the much. So what God gives us is something in seed form. Again, we ask for a chair and God gives us a tree. We ask for healing and God puts somebody in your path that's sicker than you are. We ask for encouragement and joy. And you've heard of two people in the church that could use a card in the mail. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The people who get upset at me or "Ah, the church, they just didn't. I I have a simple question for them. How many cards did you ever send? You say, Pastor, that's harsh. That's not harsh. That's reality. That's reality tonight. Why do I say it's reality? You reap what you sow. So we miss this principle. We try to hold on to things so tightly. We try to hold on to the seed that God does provide. And here's what I want to try to make us as believers. I talked about the light last week, just turning on the light. This is another element of that same sermon from last week is we can be people. You say, well, what is it that I could give? Listen, all of us can give encouragement. All of us can go out. I mean, you work in an office, bring a cup of coffee to somebody tomorrow. You say, that, that, that's, that's really not that. I don't know. In John, when the, when the boy had uh, a little, I don't know, Hebrew Happy Meal, whatever it was. It was, <laughs> it was two fish and, a, and loaves, just a little tiny something. It wasn't going to be multiplied until what he gave it and released it. And in that moment, think about it. In that moment, the boy could have been like, well, what about my lunch? Do you understand that little thing that you're holding on to right now could be the answer to the blessing of fifteen thousand people? We're so afraid to sow, we're so afraid to give, because what it really, truly is is a lack or a poverty mentality. And listen, I'm not talking about sow a dollar and you're going to get a Mercedes tomorrow. I tried it; it didn't work. <laughs> I didn't; I didn't come in. So. I'm not talking about that because this is what people fail to realize is that when you sow, you always reap in a different season than you sowed it. And we get, we get upset. Vita. We get, we get discouraged. We get, I don't know what God's up to. I don't know what's going on. Here's the element of when you release it. Here's the most important element of that, faith. This is where faith comes in. When he talked about the mustard seed, when he talked about sowing in faith, it wasn't the size of your faith. Somebody needs to hear this. It's the duration of your faith. In the moment when that happened to you, Miss Ann, it wasn't the size of the faith that was operating in your life. It was that you were not going to back off of believing God's report instead of what Satan was trying to tell you. Amen. I've shared this before, the same thing the devil did to me when I came here and interviewed for this position. We were driving down a Trail Road. And the person I was riding with shared with me that there had been a lot of people on this one corner lose their life. And the devil spoke to me in that instant. He said, I'm going to do the same thing to your kids if you move here. When they start driving, that's what's going to happen to them. I just said under my breath, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of You know his voice because he's always going to come to intimidate and lie and try to put fear in our lives and in our hearts. And that's the way he operates. But we have to release it. Everybody say release so important. If you need a harvest of encouragement, go sow some encouragement. If you need a financial harvest, then go sow financially. If you need prayer, go pray for somebody. I'm telling you, if you'll get this, this one principle is completely life-changing. Completely life-changing. And we minimize the seed because it seems so small and insignificant that we don't know or understand how God could ever do something with it. But I'm telling you, this becomes this. I don't know who gave us this. I gave it to my wife, and it's been at my house for the last couple of weeks. And I just want to say I'm proud I haven't killed it yet. It's still alive. I'm just proud. I really am. I think those are hard to kill, aren't they? Those types of ones? Good. That's the only kind of plants. Because I could have taken a picture of the plant Leah's mom planted a few months ago that was right beside it. It did. Dead. It did. It It dead, dead. (laughs) Poor little thing, just this long brown stick just laying over the... I'll go home and post a picture on Facebook. You guys want me to do that? You want to see the other plant? Hey, spiritual analogy, you don't water your seed, it's going to die. You don't continue to stand in faith. Some of you have struggled financially. You've struggled believing God for a significant other, whatever... The desire of your heart is, I want to assure you, God is a God who not only fulfills the desire of your heart, He places the desire there, I believe. And when He places it there, that's a seed that we could go through our whole entire lives and never necessarily receive what God, because we fail to just continue to time. Seed, time, harvest. God's a God of harvest. God's a God of abundance. God's a God of exceedingly and abundantly. That's who He is. He's a good God. So here's three things simple I want you to know tonight. Number one is this, sowers sow every day. People who have a sower's mentality, they understand that they can sow something every single day of their lives. Ecclesiastes 11 says this, sow your seed in the morning and at evening. Let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or or whether both will do equally well. Here's the thought that I want you to to get from that. You can't prepare for the opportunity when the opportunity is at the door. You can't expect a harvest if you don't continually sow every single day. Does that make sense? The opportunity shows up the door. It's not the time to be planting. It's the time to receive your harvest. NFL players get phone or college players get phone calls to show up the NFL combine to run and catch and throw, whatever it is their specialty is. They don't get the call from the combine and then say, I better go out and learn how to run and learn how to throw and learn how to catch. They have been preparing this daily their entire lives so that when that moment comes, it is not something that overwhelms them. It's something they've been expecting to harvest. Are you following me tonight? Sow or sow every single day. Here's why. Why? Here's why it's important to sow every day. I don't know what season or time I'm going to need my harvest in. God sees ahead. You don't. So if you're sowing every day, he knows the time that you're going to need to show up what it is you need to show up. Can I tell you, Ann, you had a lot of people praying for you the last few days. You know why? Because you pray for a lot of people. Does that seem simple? It is reciprocity Thank you miss Rita that's a, it's the law of reciprocity it really is you know what sewing every day does for me being a sewer that I try to sew something every day it kills entitlement in my life because when you get up every day saying how can I sew something into somebody else's life I don't wake up saying who can do something for me Amen. and it kills entitlement Lord, we need some of that in our society nowadays, and can I get an amen? amen. People wake up every day, and well, what's somebody going to do for me? That's not how God wants his kingdom to operate. It's not. I'll rephrase that. It's not that God doesn't want to. It just doesn't. These are God's principles I'm talking about tonight. And when you follow God's patterns and you follow God's principles, you get God's results. And maybe I should preach this on a Sunday morning to people that probably really – you guys – or faithful to sow your time into Wednesday night. Can I simply tell you, you will be blessed by it. I'm not trying to pump up the Wednesday night crowd. I'm just saying I'm just saying as a pastor through all the years, I sit down and I counsel people for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and I could always go back at the very first time and 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 pinpoint something very important. What are you sowing? Because we could sit here and talk and I could give you a million scriptures about what it is going on in your life and you could usually pinpoint it back to in your marriage right now today, you're reaping what you sowed in the past. You're like, I don't understand why we don't get along. You fought for 26 years. (laughs) You don't, I don't know why we argue all the time. Well, you never stopped and you never began to sow what it is that you want to see in your future. Or the same analogy that I gave just a minute ago, you were nice for 24 hours. I don't understand why she's still mad. Do it for 24 years or days. Somebody following me. Because we want this, but we fail to understand it starts with that. It starts with the seed you have in your hand today. So not only does it kill an entitlement mentality, but sowing every day creates an automatic harvest in our lives. It's an automatic harvest. You can't sow without reaping, and you can't reap without sowing. You can't sow without reaping, and you can't reap without sowing. It's the way of the kingdom. So you don't know when. You don't know when the, when you're going to need that harvest. So when, since, since you don't know when you're going to need it, the time to start sowing the seeds are today. So number one, sowers sow every day. Number two, sowers sow joyfully. Everybody say joyfully. I mean, if we get up with the attitude every morning of, oh, grumble, grumble, I guess i got to go be nice to somebody. (laughs) I hear that pastor telling me where the Tide box is again. He's told me 15 times. Grumble, grumble. You know what I think God says? I believe this. You, you may not like it. When God says he loves a joyful giver, if you pull out your wallet or get out your checkbook and you grumble the whole time, I think God says keep it. I really believe that. Second Corinthians 9, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. People who have learned the principle of sowing and reaping, they reap every, they sow every single day. And then they begin to understand the simple principle that we all could get this time of year heading into Thanksgiving and then on into the Christmas time. Is that there is much more joy in giving than receiving. I mean, right, when you go Christmas morning, you're just so excited to give, give that gift you've, you know, thought about and planned and saved up for, and you're so excited to give that. God's the same way, amen? amen? He's so excited for us to be joyful. This applies to every area of life, this principle, not just finances. It says, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So what if we joyfully and freely scattered every day willingly as this passage is talking about? And again, I talked about it last week, but to tie it in just a little bit, if we just had the attitude that every day, we, we would sow every day, and we would do so with, with joy and, and, with, and, and just being liberal with our blessings, not just in finances, but in every area of our lives, I'm telling you. And here's, here's, here's what we say. When, I, when I'm saying things like this, you automatically, like I do, begin to think of somebody's worthiness to receive your generosity, or somebody's worthiness to receive your encouragement, somebody's worthiness to, can I tell you, if you become a joyful sower, you'll sow to a Republican or a Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) Let me me put it in terms you'll understand. You'll sow into a buccaneer or a gator. (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) Yeah, because they need it. (laughs) You'll sow right into there. It doesn't matter what team they root for. It doesn't matter what political ideology they follow. When you truly get this, you understand that by being a light and being a sower joyfully, you can change the world. You absolutely can. And you say, "Man, what is this? What what am I going to sow? Again, you could sow some of the smallest seeds. The size of the seed isn't the issue. It's letting it leave your hand. You leave an engagement with somebody where you could have chosen in that moment to be somebody who's encouraging, or you can jump right into the darkness and begin to grumble and begin to complain. That's what he's talking about here. And here's what else he says. He provides seed to the sower. Some of you are sitting there and you're saying, I don't have anything to give. You haven't given anything. Because instead of just one bag of seed, if you'll become somebody that joyfully sows in whatever area God's calling you to in that moment, guess what he's saying in this passage is as you sow, you're going to be sowed back into. You're going to receive more than what you already had because that's the way God works. Amen? Here's why we don't do it. Because we don't really believe that if we really empty this out, we don't believe God can fill it back up. Night, God can fill your He can fill it back up. He said He gives seed to the sower. That's what He gives. Carly thought I was gonna dump that out, didn't Carly? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Not yet. That's at the end. My big finale. Everybody gets a handful. I'm gonna throw them at you. No. That's really the issue. We feel like we can outgive God. You can. You can't do it. How many can testify that you're, you you cannot outgive God? You've seen him faithful through the giving. You've seen him faithful through the lean times. It didn't seem like there was seed, but God always provided more. So he loves a joyful giver. He loves a joyful sower. Number three, and finally, sowers receive more seed. And watch this. This isn't about the more. We've messed that up in the church, haven't we? We, we say, come give and you'll get more. I was at a church service one time, won't mention where. I was just so appalled by this. I was a new Christian. There's a huge church. I'm talking thousands of people there. If you give your best offering of $1,000, then the pastor will pray for you that day. I looked over at my brother and I said, I'll never step back in this place again. That's not how God works. It's not. but sowers receive more seed. It's not about the more. It's about the sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Everybody say every way. Every way. You become a joyful sower. You become a daily sower. And the Bible is very clear in every way, every single way. This isn't about material, houses, cars, but but can I tell you this? God's a blessing God. I don't look down on anybody that's been blessed because we don't know what it took for them to get there. You don't know what they've sown. You don't know what they've given to get there. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So who gets more seed? The sower, right? He gives seed to sowers, not keepers. He gives seed to sowers, not keepers, and that's all of our tendency, especially as the world we're living in today. It's topsy-turvy. Things are going up. It's You say, my goodness, Pastor, why are you having a steak night with inflation and beef is up? I ain't afraid of all that. Come on, somebody. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He can provide one for the CCC, man. Come on. I'm telling you the truth. My grandfather's brother my grandfather was a pastor his brother Tommy was also a pastor and I started following my my cousin he'd be kind of my second cousin and uh, on Facebook just a few months ago his brother passed away suddenly my and we were very close with all of them we spent a lot of family time together and uh, he related a story about his dad his dad used to he'd have he'd be young and have friends in the car and brother Tommy was just the sweetest still is still alive he's in his late 80s now the sweetest man you'd ever meet, just the, just a simple sweetness of the Holy Spirit about him that I always remember from my childhood. And he'd be driving around, and he'd very dramatically wave his hand at the window of the car, and he'd say, you see all that out there? My father owns all that. And the other kids would be like, your, your grandpa owns? And he began to say, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You understand when you what God has provided for you is in seed form, He doesn't run out, He really does own everything that you drive past. It's His, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. What are we worried about giving 20 more dollars in the offering, or giving encouragement, or giving joy, or giving a prayer, or sowing something into somebody's life? Amen. Amen. If you want more seed, be a sower. And then it says this, and this is the most important thing, and this is my thanksgiving message to you for next week. By doing that, it doesn't bring glory to yourself. It brings thanksgiving to God. Again, not to keep going back to Anne, but while she was in the situation she was in, she chose to continue to sow faith and even prayers into other people's lives. Yeah, it's going to multiply back to her. It's just the way God works. God gives more seed to the people who sow because God knows that they'll continue to sow even more. They will sow every day and they will sow joyfully and they'll sow more. Real quick, if you'd stand. Here's some irrefutable laws. I've shared this before and I'm going to share them quickly. When I say these are principles, these really are laws of the harvest. They're laws. So listen to this as we close. You can only harvest what you plant, not what stays in your hand. If I leave that in my hand and don't release it and then begin to water it, it's never going to become what God intended for it to be. And many of us have been saying for weeks or months or even several years, God, where's my harvest? Where's my harvest? God gives what he desires for you in a seed form, and then he calls you to sow it, And then continue to believe for the harvest. Amen? Amen. Law number two, be patient. The harvest always comes after the planting and releasing. So there's seed, time, harvest. Patience. For you have need of patience, the Bible says. So that when you have done the will of God, when you have planted, when you have sowed, you will reap if you don't lose heart. Don't kill your seed. Don't kill your plant like I accidentally did. My mother-in-law would say I did it on purpose. I did not. The harvest is always greater than the planting. Whatever comes back to you is always greater than what was sown. Always. Always. And that's a beautiful law and principle of God. The law of greater says that what starts small multiplies into something much bigger. 30, 60, 100-fold. What starts small always multiplies into something greater, but you got to release it. Law number four, the harvest is proportional to the planting. What does that mean? Plant one seed, you get one plant. You plant 20 seeds, you get 20 plants. Invest minimally in God's kingdom, and you will reap minimally. Does everybody follow me? And Law number five, and we'll close. We can't do anything about the past harvest, but we can change next year's harvest. Coming at the end of the year, you cannot do anything about your past. I'm talking to somebody right now because you have a past that you would rather just kind of put away and get away from. And God's a God of mercy and forgiveness, and he's a God of fresh starts and new starts. But I've watched so many Christians falter after even just a few months or even a year or two into their relationship with God because I've learned this about God too. There are no quick fixes with God. God's in it. He's in it for the long haul for you and with you. And if you're in it for the long haul for him and with him, he will do miracles in your life. I'm living proof of that. Living proof. And I couldn't do anything about my past that was very far out there, alcoholic and all the things I did for those number of years. I pray for crop failure. You can do that. But there's a lot of consequences that we reap. Are you following me? That are a result of past seed. What you have to give your seed is, is enough time to begin to produce righteousness in your life. You following me? Let's bow our heads and pray tonight. I want to ask this, as I usually always do. There's people here that I don't know your story and I don't know your history, but God does. And I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe God brings us into the places that he brings us so that he can speak to our hearts and that he can change our lives. So I want to ask this question. If you were to die tonight, God forbid, on the way home, we're going to pray protection over each and every one of us as we leave tonight in a, in a moment. But tomorrow, the Bible says, is promised to no one that we may have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And he may ask you this question, why should I let you into my heaven? And if the answer to that question is anything but, I have thrown myself on the mercy and the blood and received his forgiveness and made him Lord of my life, that's the only answer. So you may have come in here and you may say to yourself, I want to make him Lord of my life. I want to give over all my past, and I want to begin to sow into the kingdom of God. That invitation is open right now, here tonight. No embarrassment, no calling you out. This is something that the Holy Spirit has presented you with tonight, and it's an invitation to get right with God in this moment, right now. Would you just shoot up your hand if there's anybody in here like that? You say, I I need to get some things right with God. Amen. Let's all pray this together. There's people entering into the kingdom right now on Wednesday night in November, and that's praise God. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you with an honest heart. And Lord, my heart may be broken, my heart might not be pointed in your direction. But I hear your call, I see your grace, and I want to live follow you you. I repent of my sin I I turn away from ungodliness and I choose in this moment moment to make you Lord of my life life. forgive me me. cleanse me wash me me clean receive me me into your kingdom kingdom. I believe in you Jesus Jesus. That that you died were buried and that you rose again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. (laughs) I'll say this one thing before I pray. We release our seed in faith. Can I just tell you, you serve a big God. He got up from the dead. He's big. He can take your seed, and you stay in faith, and God is going to multiply it. Amen? Let's give God some praise tonight. God, we thank you that you give us you give us seed to sow, Father, that you give us the ability to sow things. Lord, bless the people of God tonight. Thank you for their their sowing into even just time being here together as a church family. Thank you for your word. Let it go into our hearts and produce fruit. God, and cause us to be cheerful sowers, cause us to be daily sowers, cause us to be those who continually sow every single day, whatever it is you're wanting us to sow. Lord, bless the people going in, bless them going out as they go home. May you watch over and protect, and may may your face shine upon them, give them health and give them peace. And, Lord, I pray the best night's sleep that they've ever had. They sleep the, pe- the sleep of peace. Even those who in that moment received you right now in this, in this church tonight, may they lay their head on the pillow knowing that, God, they are right with you, Father. We rejoice in that tonight, and we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Go in the name of the Lord, church, and be blessed. Sow that seed.